Hey, welcome to the Relentless Positive Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Martin. Got a very interesting guest today. I want you to keep an open mind because there's some things that you may have heard these terms, but you probably don't know what they mean. So I'm going to go over this. Get a quick intro from my guest here. Margaret Agard is my guest. She's an award-winning author. She's a former executive in the high-tech industry, a mother of eight children, stepmother to seven. They weren't all there at the same time, but that's a lot of kids in there. Uh, she's a Christian mystic, and we're going to get into that later. I want you to figure out what that is. And then a Reiki two, level two healer. So those are some very interesting terms, right? That's a life well lived right there. Thank you so much for being here, Margaret. Hey, Joe, I'm glad to be here. Been looking forward to this. Oh, same here, man. All those kids and all these things you've been doing. So tell me, at one time, that sounds very stressful. So tell me how what your life looked like years ago and how you kind of came to where you are now. When I was in my mid-40s, um, my first marriage had ended. I was the sole financial support and the only parent at home for the eight children. Now, at that time, half were in college, half were in high school, but they were living at home. That's how I helped pay for it. Um, yeah, you can eat here. <laughs> and I was also in the high tech industry. I was an executive, but a lot of companies were going public. And at the beginning of especially the personal, the PC industry, you just had to be smart and organized. And I was that. And so, but now you needed a degree and I only had a year left to finish my degree. So I decided to go back to school and just pound that out and get that done in a year. And so I was going to school full-time. I was, as I said, full sole financial support. So I was working full-time and I had eight children in my house. So goodness gracious, I was, and, and half of them were in high school needing rides. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I well, just I have four kids in high school. Well, I had eight children in 11 years. That's how I had four kids in high school. Okay. So I was, I, I wasn't sleeping much. And I knew how to, you know, make to-do lists and set priorities and do the most important things. And I just thought, oh, I, I was getting maybe four hours sleep a night. And even then I woke up in a panic thinking, what isn't done? What isn't done? And I, the only time I really had with the kids was running in places, like get in the car, we're going. And I, I would make my to-do lists. Like I had done for years and then and I would try to figure it out like okay I have a paper due that's what I'm gonna have to work on tonight there's some clients who want some reports but that can wait and that's kind of how I did it then a lot of times what I was doing turned out not to be important that day something had happened the professor was sick and there was a note on the door don't worry about turning it in the paper till Friday and I think well I, I could have worked on the client reports and that was when I started thinking, I wish I knew the future. That's what I was thinking. I wish I knew the future. Now, at that point, I had a relationship with God and that I had learned to hear his voice and I could pray and ask questions and get a sense of what I should do. But at this point, I began to say, what should I do today, God? Because I knew he knew the future and I didn't. He would know that professor was sick and he could say, don't work on that paper, do the report instead. And that's how I started turning my to-do list over to God. And what happened is after a few weeks, I was finished. If I only focused on his and didn't like pile on a bunch of other things, you know, like as humans, we like to do. Um, I could be finished every night by eight and just relax and enjoy being with the kids and my life 
just completely changed. And often he would take things off the list and then add one or two things, which almost always had to do with reaching out to another person. Wow. Yeah. So let me ask you, so what does that look in a practical sense? You turning your list over to God. So how, how, what did, how did you physically, mentally, emotionally, how did you go about that? Well, I am a list maker and not everybody is. I know a lot of people who do something similar, but I would, I had this card and sometimes it was a very long card. It wasn't little. And then I would just write everything on it. Right. And then I would just sit down with it and say, say my prayer. What should I do today, God? And then as I looked at the list, because I learned to recognize that voice in my head, I could say, okay, I don't need to do this. This can wait until tomorrow. I'd make a little note. And then, but I should call my friend Diane, call Diane, like that. That's how I'd make the list. And it, it was interesting because the longer I did it, the calmer I became. I could be stuck in rush hour traffic thinking, well, God's got it. <laughs> If I'm late, they're going to be late too. Something will happen. And as long as I was, you know, doing my best. So yeah, that's, that's exactly how it looked. And then yeah. in, after a while, that changed. My life really changed when I started asking a different question, which was not what should I do today, God, but what do you want me to do today, God? And That's a scary one right there though, right? Oh, well mostly he led me in directions that it turned out I really enjoyed being I just didn't have the confidence to do it have you ever taken a course where you thought I don't think I'm gonna like this and then it turns out you love it yeah yeah so that's what happened I suddenly got this very different life that I love and I I thought I loved the life I had but I love this one better Oh, well, there you go. So if someone's wanting to do the same, what, where would you suggest they start? They're just, they're completely overwhelmed. They're not sleeping. They're stressed out. They don't have family relationships. Where, where would they start? I think if, if they know how to hear God's voice, just do what I did. Just take that list. And actually I recommend doing it at night, especially if you're like I am. So first of all, I don't like being micromanaged. And second, once I'm on a path, I really don't like it to be changed. So it helps if I do it at the night before, like, what do you want me to do tomorrow? Because mm -hmm. then I am set up for it when I get up rather than getting up and trying to get into my day and then asking the question and have to change things around. If you don't know how to hear God's voice, then, then that's your step one is to, as you're doing this, also pray, let me know when it's you talking, when it's you. Help me to, I had to do that in my 20s. But the sooner you do it, the better. And it doesn't matter if you're 16, you've never done it. Now's a good time to start. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you hear his voice, Joe? Um, uh, and nature works for me when I'm, because when I'm, I'm a busy person like yourself. I'm a list maker. I'm a busy person. Uh, just getting away from all the noise, all the things, and just sitting there and just not having my phone out or headphones on or anything like that. Just kind of being still among nature is the best way for me. Yeah. And then, so for me, Here's, here's three ways I recognize it's actually God's voice. And the first thing is you have to get in a quiet place. You have to be able to really focus. And what I found is often when I was first learning to hear his voice and said, help me to know when it's you, I would have a thought come to me. And I had just prayed that prayer, help me to know when it's you. And 
the first day after I prayed that prayer, this thought kept coming, invite this family to dinner. And I was like, yeah, no, they just came Friday. It's Monday. I don't think so. And then it was invite the family to dinner. No, this is the night we spend time with our kids, you know, doing special things. And it was like the third time the thought came, invite this family to dinner. And I, my reaction was like, oh, maybe this is God. So it's a good thought and it keeps coming back and it's very quiet and persistent and they came to dinner and they were out of food and they had they had had they turned that over to god they'd had dinner invitations every night of the week but monday night (laughs) so more than once that week when i got that thought came back three or four times i started thinking oh wait maybe this is god and did it the person would say this is what we've been praying for so now not everyone says that today but, and I still do it. And it's all different stuff. He's never said to me, go be mother Teresa in India. Never. <laughs> it's a good so thing, fun. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like make a cake and take it to somebody. So the great, like the great thing about that is we can, we can all invite someone to dinner. Most of us yes. can make a cake. I can follow directions pretty well. I can make a cake, you know, maybe a pie, something like that. But yes. yeah, so that's, that's, it's not huge steps, but these things can make huge differences in someone's life. Yes. Yeah. And it feels good. I feel like, oh, I'm partnering with God. Uh, this is great. <laughs> I'm like, yay. He's got a plan. He likes to help people and he lets me help. Well, there you go. Yeah. You're his hands and feet. So let me, let me ask you this. So people may have heard this term before Christian mysticism, which sounds probably worse than you think it is, right? So please tell us what that is and how you became one. Okay. So I actually became one once I read the diff- definition of what it was. So it's the direct union of the soul with the divinity through contemplation and love. And Christian mystics seek to have that direction, direct union of the soul with divinity through contemplation and love. And I would say, every time I sit and pray, that's what I'm going for, right? And now that I've turned my life over by saying, and I still have my own plans. It's not like he took over my whole life. And say, what do you, what would you want me to do today, today, God? Um, to me, that is where I'm contemplating Him, and I often have given things to do that are based in love. So, yay! I'm a Christian mystic, and you probably are too. But <laughs> or if you're not go. Christian, you could still be a mystic. So there yeah. you go. Well, who knew? I didn't know. I didn't know I was one already. So that's cool. Yeah. So I'd heard that term before, and I think I just kind of like ignored what it meant or something like that. So it's super interesting to learn the term. Yeah, mock living off in the mountains in some tiny little isolated spot. No, it's you in the middle. That's you. Yeah, it's you. It's a lot of people. Yeah. So yeah. let me ask you this: You're you say you, there's a lot of prayers that you do. So there's there's one prayer that you suggest it can change any relationship. What would that prayer be? I will tell you the story behind the prayer too, okay, because great. I think that helps to really get it. As I said, I'm the mother of eight, and my second to my last son. Um, during the time I started this prayer, he was 15. And just a warning, 15 is the worst year. Like there's sort of this downhill slide and then there's this uphill slide and 15 is as bad as it gets for most teenagers. So he he was this arrogant, demanding, critical guy to me, you know, and if I said, son, you know, like, we're not, we're not going to get that for you. We can't really afford that. He said, well, you should have thought about that before you had all these kids. Like, <laughs> and, I, and I'd be like, well, you know what, even if I had 
a million dollars. I wouldn't buy that for you. I expect you to go get a job and buy it for yourself. That was kind of how we were talking to each other. All right. So I went to Heavenly Father and said, I don't know what to do about this kid. I love him coming as his mom, right? But I don't like him much. And he said, I want you to pray to see him as I do and to love him as I do. So I said that prayer. Okay, I want you to see him as you do. <laughs> and he was like the six foot four uh, natural athlete, lettered in three sports, you know, on the starting team, that kind of kid, right? And I was over at my mom's. So this is quite a few years ago before the internet. I was over at my mom's house and I had picked up one of these women's magazines and I'm flipping through it. And I see a story about a, um, a boy in a small, well, not a small town, but a boy who had accused a favorite teacher coach of inappropriate actions. And I thought, oh, I'm going to read that because something like that just happened in our town. And so I'm reading it and I realized, oh, it was our town. It was about that boy in our town. Mm-hmm. And, and he said this, he said he was pilloried basically. And he was so depressed, he, he was practically suicidal. And he had on his bedside table, a framed petition that basically said, we're here for you. We support you. But it only had a few, it only had a few names on it. And I knew whose name was at the top of that list. Because the minute I read that, I remember the day I had been taking my son, Dan, to drop him at school. And he he said to me, he was upset about what's going on with that kid. And he had put a petition together that he was going to get people to sign that said, you know, that they supported him. And then I, when I picked him up in the afternoon, I said, how'd that go? And he said, he was mad. He said, the principal said, we can't talk about this at school anymore. I wasn't allowed to pass the petition around. So I signed it and a few of my friends signed it and we gave it to him. Now that is who God saw. Wow. Uh, yeah. And he's still like that. You know, during the pandemic, the first thing he thought of was what's happening to the homeless people because they closed all the bathrooms. Mm. You know, all the public bathrooms are all locked up and where are they getting food because the restaurants are closing down. So he, he started going out, taking food and stuff. He just thinks like that. Hey, sometimes the most difficult kid is the one that's going to make the biggest difference, right? Right. That, that bullheadedness in the right direction is a powerful thing. Yes, yes. And since then, I've prayed that multiple times. And it's really what keeps our marriage happy because sometimes we forget, you know, what's good. And so I pray that all the time. Help me to see, not even more, not just help me to see this person as you do, but help me to love this person as you do. And that's a prayer that will be answered almost immediately. Wow. Yeah. I used to have a radio show and I asked some, some uh, listeners to try it and let me know how it went. It was fun. Oh, was fun. Well, well, if you're listening right now, you got to go try it and you got to reach out to Margaret, let her know how it went. So yes, gotta, let me know. Gotta, I, I love to hear it when people say, oh, this is an amazing thing. Yeah, yeah, put it to the test. I like people, hey, when I try something, hey, put it to the test. See what, see what you think. And then tell me when I'm right, right? <laughs> you can come back and tell me later. <laughs> So, so you're also an author. I mentioned that in the beginning. So you've got a series in his footsteps series. So uh, kind of go through the, the the first couple, and then we'll get into the, the upcoming third one. So the first one, we've kind of discussed what it's about. But tell us what the first one was about. Okay, it's, uh, you know, terrible at coming up with titles, but it did sell really well. It was on a few Amazon bestseller lists for a while. 
Awesome. It's, um, in his footsteps, I gave my to-do list to God, got more done, more sleep, less stress, uh, which is, you can tell, is a terrible title, but it works. Oh, no, you get those keywords in there for Amazon. You got to have the keywords. Right. Got the keywords. And um, that really is about what happened. And it's many, many experiences where I learned different things. So that prayer is in there and much more than we can discuss on here about what I learned about what happens when I turn my to-do list over to God. And then at the end of the book, I actually say something like this. Um, I used to want to do good. So God would love me or I would be loved. But now that I know how much he loves me, I want to do good. So other people will feel that same way. Oh, wow, and that's that, powerful. Yeah, that whole book leads to that point. The second book is um, my second husband and I sold or gave away, sold just about everything we had except his tools and some kitchen supplies. And then we went off to serve as missionaries. So it's called missions. We sold all we had and followed as God created miracles in new hearts. And first we were in um, <clears throat> the Southwest in a largely Hispanic community. And we spent a lot of time in the jail apparently, and then working with people. And then we went up to Alaska for a while. We were north of the Arctic Circle in, in an Inuit village, and we just learned so much more. One of the things I think about is specific prayers. I was praying once because we were trying to speak Spanish, and we don't. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> some people had come with us to help us, you know, meet with this family and teach them some gospel lessons, and, and then we set up a time to come back. They wanted us to come back. And, and we agreed with the other people they would come to, right? The night comes, we're there, and the other people aren't there. It's just us. And I'm like, okay, we're in big trouble. Because um, I can ask them a question in Spanish, and they'll answer, and I'll be like, I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> can you write that out for me? So I kept praying. Have the people come by and see that we need help. Have the people come by and see our car here and know we need help like that, right? I never came. So the next day I run into them and they say, oh my gosh, we drove by so-and-so's house and we saw your car there and we thought, wow, they're brave because they really need help. <laughs> and I was like, okay, my prayer was answered because I left out the part about and have them come in. That's and right. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think God is mean, but when he's trying to train you, he, he will use things like that. So I say, is your prayer specific? I mean, I was once praying for a blessing. So when I was first married and in the seventies, there were three recessions. Like people, they don't know what their grandparents and parents went through. In the seventies, there were three recessions. You could get a job and the next day that company was out of business and you didn't have it. And we had our first three children and I was just desperate. We need, a, that's why I was praying. We need a special blessing. We need a special blessing. And finally, I felt like God heard me and had that feeling of peace. And I'm sending you a special blessing. And I thought, thank goodness, you are going to have another child. And I thought, are you crazy? <laughs> Do you not get what we're going through down here? And, and um, I thought, you know what? I didn't say what I wanted the special blessing to be. So, yeah, that was interesting. Well, there you go. <laughs> and, you know, they've all turned out fine. I will tell you, Joe, they've all turned out fine. Six of them have master's degrees. They, wow. you know, they're in decent relationships with people. They're productive. Um, so. You've done well. You've yep. done right. You've done good, mom. That's and awesome. Yeah. So 
All right, so you've written two, and you've got a third one coming up. What's the third one going to be about? Well, I was writing kind of in the same time frame. I was writing mostly about what happened with us and God, and I thought I should write about what happened when I met my husband, Parker. And because he came about because of God, like I'm, my kids are starting to leave home down to only two. And the, I was planning my 20 year plan, right? Where I'm going to get my kids graduated, become way high up in the, as executive because I can travel more. That's my plan, right? And one day God said to me in February, you're going to meet the man you're going to marry in the fall. And I thought, no, thank you. Um, you know, I have a plan. It's a good one. It doesn't involve me being a wife. Okay. Right. And, but eventually I sort of, okay, well, we'll just see how this pans out. Right. And I met him, I met Parker in the fall. We did get married and you would think, well, there it is a match made in heaven. That should be great. Right. Well, it was not. And we had a lot of issues. He, he, um, I'm an oldest daughter and he had an alcoholic abusive father. My, my grandfather was an alcoholic and those patterns, you know, patterns of relationships and the way we act get passed down, even if you're not an alcoholic. And I like to say, I'm one generation removed. I don't marry alcoholics. I marry sons of alcoholics mm. is what I do. So we really had to work on it. And at one point I thought, why am I bothered? Because um, this is painful growing can be painful. <laughs> I said to Heavenly Father, I know this was of you. I'm not seeing it. I need something to hold on to. And usually I ask for a scripture or a verse that I can just say to myself. But what came was this, all will be made whole as a result of this marriage. And my children at that point in life were struggling. You know, they'd been through a divorce. Now I've remarried. And <clears throat> I, that's what I held on to. And we have seen that come to pass. And in the Christian world, when Christ said, you've been made whole, that word that's interpreted from the Greek or the Hebrew refers to spiritual and emotional healing, not just physical healing. So that book is about how that came to pass. I'm usually pretty honest, <laughs> you know, I have one thing called the three-day mad. You wouldn't talk, you know, he'd be like, and I'd be thinking, you know, that's abuse, buddy. I don't want you to know that. But after a few months of kind of working with God on it, 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 it the three-day mads went away and we had worked out so many issues. So in such a healing way. Wow. The power of God, right? Yeah. The power of God. First what? I thought, well, you've made a big mistake. But turned out it's okay. <laughs> We're still together 25 years later and um, in a much loving relationship. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So the kids turn out already. You guys are happy. Everything's working well. So good on you. You've done, you done well. So look, people can follow you at the inhisfootsteps.com. Is that the best place to keep up with you? Yes. And so that has the, the books on there. It has some of the blog posts and YouTube videos. And at the bottom, it has my social media sites where I'm active. And then it doesn't cover the whole screen, but it'll pop up in the corner and say, do you want to get my newsletter? And I'll let you know when the next book is out. And that I send a newsletter once a month. It's short. It usually has a couple of stories like what I shared on here. And and let me say, you will not get spam because I'm too lazy to spam you. <laughs> like getting that one newsletter out is all the work I can do. 
that's a great promise that I'm too lazy to spam. <laughs> so you need to get on the newsletter from once, figure out when the, when the book's coming out, get some yeah. good stories, but also so you can reply to one and say, Hey, I tried that prayer and it worked. Yes. I would love that. Yeah. So, so check, follow her on their social media. I'm going to link all that stuff in show notes, uh, but make sure you keep up with Margaret on the social media, get her newsletter, all that good stuff. Be ready for the book when it comes out. Do we have a tentative di- release date? Yeah. Three years ago, but we're getting closer. <laughs> <laughs> I know how that goes. <laughs> I, I, I do have a goal for this fall. You know, we, we spent a lot of time helping people and we've just had a lot happen to people around us. And so finally it's all cleared up and I'm able to start really, it's all written, just needs to be edited. Okay. Yeah. That's a tough part right there. Right. Right. That's cool. Well, hey, Margaret, thank you so much for all that you're doing out in the world, what you've done. Just raising kids is one thing, but man, get out there and, and helping people as well. Then we need more people like you that can hear God's voice and put it into action in there. So everybody, if, hey, if you got something out of this episode, make sure you share it with somebody, especially if nothing else, tell them about that prayer. That's a life-changing prayer for you and the person you're going to pray for. Make sure you do that. And then you got to go back and, and let Margaret know how awesome it worked. So Margaret, keep up the great work and we're going to follow you when your book comes out. Thanks, Joe. All right. Well, you have a great day and thank you so much for coming on. You too. Wow. What a great episode. You share that with somebody. I'm going to share with you some awesome sponsors. McWilliams Marketing. They can help your business grow. Regardless of the size of the project, you're going to get a solution that is specifically created for you and your business. No cookie cutter, one size fits approach here. So Amy and her band of fearless marketers can help you with all that stuff that you think you can do, but you're not really that good at it. You don't have time for it. They can do that. They're the experts. It's what they do. Web design, online conversion optimization, SEO, uh, graphic design, marketing, page management, all that stuff. Go let them do that. Don't handle that yourself. Go check them out at mcwilliamsmarketing.com. See what all they can do. They're amazing people. Teak Patnick with Patnick Realty. He really does it all in the real estate world. General real estate sales, acquisitions, property management, investments, all that good stuff. You're not just a transaction with Teak. He really wants to build a relationship for life with you. He has built his whole business on prayer, hard work ethic, honesty, and results. You can trust Patnick Realty with all your real estate needs. Hey, I trust my brother from another mother, Teak, and you should too. Give him a call, 256-694-0117, or email him at teak at patnickco.com. Hey, is your child struggling with math? Are you frustrated trying to help them? Then you need Mathnasium of Madison. They will meet your child where they are and help them get where they need to go. And they will do this in a positive and uplifting environment. You'll see measurable changes in attitude, confidence, and school progress. And go to their website, mathnasium.com slash madisonal, and sign up for the assessment. It is a risk-free and cost-free process that will tell you exactly where your child stands academically. Check them out again, mathnasium.com, madisonal. You know what you need in your life? Some apparel app. It's where I get all my t-shirts and the Hope Dealer stickers there and all my stuff over there. But you can brand just about anything you want there. Whether you have an idea of what you want or you have no idea where to start, they can help you. Go check out their website, apparelab.inc, I-N-K. Or you can email them at theapparelab at gmail.com. Use a promo code RELENTLESS. Save yourself some money. Get some great products. Hey, these are awesome businesses. Go support them. They're out supporting positivity, and they will do you right. Have an awesome day.